If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. We are really excited about Tech Day Online. We think that Tech Day offers a window of opportunity to see new products, see innovations, and to find tools and resources and people that will help you succeed. Tech Day is just about to host an extraordinary event. As host of the world's largest startup expos, Tech Day normally offers annual shows in New York, London, and Los Angeles. And this year, they're going to be bringing together innovators from all three areas for Tech Day Online, happening November 17th through the 19th. Keynotes, three unique pitch stages, and live video Ask Me Anything roundtables are all going to be part of the show. And like Tech Day events in actual physical locations, Tech Day Online is designed to teach startups how to succeed while giving everyone a place at the table. Walter Charnazon is the owner and president of Continental Exhibitions, as well as the president of Tech Day HQ. Walter, before we get to talking about Tech Day Online, which is going to be pretty amazing, I would love to know a little bit more about you. How did producing trade events that build community first capture your imagination as something you really enjoy doing? That's a really long question. I mean, a short question with a long answer. I've been doing this for probably about 35 years. I graduated from college with a desire to go into secondary education. I was going to become either a history teacher or an English teacher, something in that direction. But one of the things I realized pretty quickly was that educators, although valued, are not necessarily paid what they are worth. And I found myself kind of combining a string of odd jobs and part-time jobs to make ends meet. This is back in the mid-1980s. And at about the same time, my father was launching a trade show management company. He had been a trade show professional for a number of years. The company he worked for was acquired by a larger organization. And rather than be a, I guess, a little fish in a big pond, he decided to become a big fish in a little pond. He launched a business and asked me to come in and go to work for him, and I thought it was just the worst idea in the world because nobody I went to college with who was working in a family business had my respect at all. They all seemed kind of lazy and gold brickish, and to be the boss's son was nothing I wanted to do, but I was cognizant of rent bills and things like that, so I agreed to come in and kind of help him you know, open the mail and answer the phones for a short period of time in front of their first event. In this goes back to 1986, which was the first industrial trade show to take place at the then brand new Jacob Javits Convention Center in New York City. And I thought it was something I would do for about six weeks and then move on to some other experience. And it was just one of those things. It was like magic. There was something unbelievably exciting to me about watching something go from being a good idea on a piece of yellow legal paper, or at least what we thought was a good idea on a piece of legal paper, to a physical experience, to a giant gathering of people. And the enthusiasm and the energy and the adrenaline that was running through the corridors of the trade show and through the the arteries of everybody connected to it was just infectious. And I found myself just totally hooked and spent about 10 or 15 years working with my father. We ran a number of different events for a number of different markets, industrial markets, serving everything as diverse as electrical construction to supermarket non-food products to do-it-yourself hardware to conferences around the launch and development of IPOs. He retired, and with a very small sort of equity position in the company, I bought him out of the remaining assets following his exit from the business. He sold the events we produced, and there was one kind of 
fair event serving the ergonomics industry that I bought from him. Ran that on my own for 10 or 15 years, added a couple of other things to that, and then exited from that myself probably about four years ago now. And it was at about that time that I was connected to the founder of the event that I run today, a guy by the name of Alec Hartman, who had created, who was a true tech entrepreneur. Alec was one of the original founders of a company called Digital Ocean that's gone on to become extraordinarily successful in the cloud-based database storage space. Alec created TechDay with some help from some partners, but as I said, was really a technology entrepreneur more than he was a trade show, conference, event professional. And I have really spent my entire career trying to bring communities together and trying to bring buyers and sellers together and trying to do my best to eliminate friction between them and create more inclusive and expansive tents under which markets can gather. So when Alec decided it was time to move on to greener pastures and other projects, I acquired this event from him that goes back to, I guess, now almost three years ago and have been producing it ever since then with a team of my own, and we now produce three events, or let me say the pre-pandemic days, we produce three live events a year serving the needs of the early stage technology community. We produce Tech Day New York, Los Angeles, and London, and all of them have essentially the same mandate, which is to provide an opportunity for early stage technology startup companies to showcase and demonstrate their newest, most innovative products and services and platforms to an audience comprised of people who really are the entities, the resources that those startups need to grow. They're investors to provide some financial capital. They're tech talent looking to go to work for companies like that to provide some human capital. They are corporate partners looking to provide sort of an accelerated growth pattern and path for some of these startups. There are accelerators and incubators. There's members of the press. Really, every stakeholder in the launch and growth and development of an early stage startup. We like to think of Tech Day as providing kind of democratized access to success for early stage entrepreneurs because it really helps assemble in a very no-frills way the tools, people, and resources they need to grow. Keeping in mind that mission of democratized access to success and the idea of bringing communities together, which I've had the pleasure of experiencing three times now at Tech Day LA, along comes 2020 and along comes the pandemic. Would you tell me about what you had to do to take Tech Day online, please? Sure. The first thing I had to do was curl up in a giant fetal tuck under my desk rock back and forth and hope that when I opened my eyes again, it would all be just a bad dream and everything would be normal. It turned out that that didn't work especially well, although I do periodically try that again. I've tried clicking my heels together three times. None of those solutions seem to work. I twitched my nose. It doesn't work. Yeah, (laughs) same idea. Same exact idea. But I will keep trying and I suggest that you do the same. But what we did When we did, frankly, begin to recognize that this was something that was not going to go away, especially quickly, was to, there were really a series of steps that we took. We tried really hard to connect with the community, to survey the startups and entrepreneurs that we traditionally work with, to understand what their immediate needs were and how we could help them achieve those things. And interestingly enough, when we conducted the first of these surveys back in late March or early April, I would have assumed that what they were going to talk about was funding, that they were going to say they were mostly afraid of running out of runway and they were going to be interested in accessing capital. But that turned out actually to be the third most important or the third highest ranked need that they expressed to us. The first two had to do with sales and marketing. 
And fundamentally, what they told us was that they were mostly concerned with driving business forward. They were mostly concerned with how to effectively communicate with customers and prospects and market their products in this climate, how to effectively sell to people in this climate. And if you think back to those early days when we were all, you know, very afraid and washing our mail and, you know, rinsing off the milk before we brought it into the house, it felt very, very awkward even to consider driving business forward for, I think, a long period of time. And we decided that one of the first things we wanted to do was create a space for a free opportunity for the community to galvanize around some kind of learning, some kind of education, some kind of, for lack of a better word, lecture series. And we launched a program we call Tech Day Town Hall, which are weekly Zoom meetings that really are designed to sort of focus on a different agenda each week that ties into what we can do as business people to drive business forward during the course of this pandemic. And the very first of those conversations was led by a professor at Columbia University Business School named Jeremy Kagan, who's a professor of digital marketing. And I think that one of the keys, one of the things that he addressed was what it takes to start thinking about driving business forward and to start acting as if there is a business to drive forward. And back in April, this was almost feeling radical because in many ways it gave people license and permission to begin to think about something like their business as opposed to the horror and fear and, frankly, sadness that came with the onset of this pandemic and the illness and, in way too many cases, the death that it led to. And then there were episodes of disruption over the course of the summer and social unrest and and you know, issues around racial equity in the workplace began to bubble up. And again, it became something to talk about and to explore from the perspective of the entrepreneurial startup community. And so as an example, we had a Tech Day Town Hall that spoke to these issues from the perspective of why it's in a startup founder's best interest to produce a more diverse, more racially, more gender-inclusive, more, you know, a broader, bigger, wider tent under which people can gather, not just because it's the right thing to do in the climate that, you know, as evidenced by the climate we find ourselves in, but also because it leads to better business outcomes for the people who think more expansively. So we have launched a series of these programs. I think we've probably done, you know, three or four months worth of them now, whatever it is from April until October, that's six months worth of them. They're all available for free on our website. We have a on-demand archive there for people to visit at techdayhq.com where they can see a series of these talks that speak to many different facets of business development and business development under this cloud under this, you know, sort of change in our way of living and a way of conducting business. So that was the first step. Do something that will grant the community some framework within which it can still come together as a community, identify the needs that they have as a community, and begin to explore options and paths to growth and success. The next thing we did was try to figure out how to take what were physical in-person events and migrate them to a digital or online realm. The first experience we had was something we called the Tech Day Founder Summit, which was scheduled to be an in-person conference program, one-day conference program in New York City, exclusively for founders and co-founders to learn from industry leaders, thought leaders, practitioners, successful entrepreneurs, and some suppliers, and And we created a video-on-demand experience where those lectures and conversations or sessions were pre-recorded and broadcast. But we realized that the true sort of heart and soul, I suspect, of an event that gathers a community is the interactivity of it. 
So we looked to make sure that there was a window of opportunity for people to engage in one-to-one video chats throughout day, throughout the experience. Those one-to-one video chats were moderately effective, modestly effective. This was back in August, and I think the technology was still a little bit new, and so was the connection. It was more like speed dating or speed networking than it was something targeted and specific. And that takes us to where we are now, which is we are working to develop a an online experience in November, November 17th through 19th, that will be a representation of all the tech day, the physical event would be, maybe minus the handshake. So what we are doing at this program is combining the best elements of a live in-person experience, the serendipity that comes with meeting someone new, the excitement of building new relationships and engaging in new conversations, with the best of participating in a comfortable sort of on-demand experience. So we like to think that what we're planning for November is sort of like watching live television. You know, if you want to watch the World Series, you have to tune in at a certain time on a certain day and streaming your favorite shows on Netflix. So part of what is now going to be a three-day online experience, which is going to combine Tech Day LA, Tech Day New York, and Tech Day London into one three-day program, will be an experience that is open 24 hours a day during each of those three days. And during those 24 hours, just a small section of it is going to include live experiences, meaning we'll have a live keynote each day, an address delivered by somebody who has a window onto the sort of economic future or economic health of each of the three markets that we fundamentally serve. So someone from the New York City Economic Development Corporation, somebody from a consulting firm in London, and it looks, uh, the, the Los Angeles one is still being confirmed, but it looks likely to be somebody from municipal government as well to speak about the status, health, and future in both the short and long term of the markets that each of those people represent. We will also have live sort of roundtable discussions each of those three days. And in those roundtables, attendees will have the opportunity to sit face-to-face on a computer screen, but sort of in that image of Brady Bunch faces on the Zoom call in small groups of 10 to 12 people with experts in a range of fields, people who are qualified to talk about digital marketing or sales team development and management or startup growth, scaling, and acceleration, or accelerators for that matter. We have somebody from the Department of Defense coming. We have somebody from Techstars coming. We have somebody from a major financial institution to talk about fundraising. In each of these roundtables, it's really going to function like an Ask Me Anything session on steroids, and the people who are registered and who sit down at one of those 12 seats will be able to talk to that leader, to that session leader, about their particular needs with an audience of about 50 to 75 people watching from a gallery to understand how those questions can apply to their circumstances as well. And once the people who are seated at that round table of 10 or 12 are finished having their questions answered, another cohort of 10 or 12 can sit down and get questions of their own answered. And they can be as specific, narrow, and idiosyncratic as any of our attendees would like it to be. For example, tell me how to better market what I have to sell to the world. Here's a look at my Google ad, or here's a look at my marketing plan. Rip it apart and tell me what to do to make it better. And all of that open kimono kind of exploration will be done in public and in a way for people to learn from one another and to learn at the feet of a well-regarded industry expert. 
so that's what's going to be happening live. Then there's also an opportunity to explore an expo center where we will have some 250 or 300 startups showcasing their products, newest products and services. Now, digitally, that's a little different than it would be in person. There'll be a representation of it, maybe a video clip, some PDFs, a slide deck to download, all contact information, all of the information that you can gather, but you truthfully won't be able to see and touch and compare one product to another. But what you will be able to do is engage in one-to-one meetings. So in addition to all of those things, there'll be a new state-of-the-art AI-powered matchmaking service that will let you as an attendee to this event log on and say, I'm interested in learning more about FinTech, or I'm interested in learning more about fundraising, or consumer apps and services, or I'm looking for a job. I'm interested in joining a startup that is engaged in producing consumer apps. And it will drive you towards those people most likely to have something that you'd be interested in seeing. And if both parties are, in fact, interested in meeting, let you then schedule a one-to-one video chat. So as people get onto the platform and explore what's there, they can begin to build out an agenda that is unique to their interests, unique to their desire to explore, and reveals a host of opportunities to see products, companies, and network with people that can help them individually, exclusively, prosper and thrive in this very difficult climate. So we think it's going to bring together, like I say, the best of both worlds, that there'll be an opportunity to prowl around at 2 o'clock in the morning in your pajamas from anywhere in the world to explore the products that are going to be available and also an opportunity to schedule meetings that are specifically targeted to your needs one-to-one with people, whether they're an attendee, a sponsor, an exhibitor. And on top of that, we'll have a video-on-demand archive of additional learning opportunities that people can review, sort of like TED Talks. We call them Tech Day Talks, and these will be available for people to view at their convenience, wherever they are, whenever they want to do it. We have some 50 or so sessions prepared. They're being sort of lined up and slotted in even as we speak. And they'll cover the waterfront, everything from diversity in the workplace and in the tech community to IoT to AI to consumer apps and services, fintech, and much, much more. We haven't named a group that really could benefit from this one, which is one of the main listeners to our podcast, the educational community. When you talk about people selling, we're all selling, quote unquote, something or promoting something. What could the educational community get from, for example, the pitch competitions you have and some of the startup technology they're going to see at Tech Day Online? Well, it's, I mean, I guess I could tell you that there was a specific series of EdTech partners that were going to be participating in the event, but that would probably be something that would be a little bit, it's a little soon to say that. The entire list of companies participating is again available on our website at techdayhq.com, but I think that it depends on the kind of educational environment that you're talking about. So, for example, to look, for instance, at our show in New York, we bring together Really, all of the forces that make New York City a potent, powerful force in the startup ecosystem. New York is home to really three tributaries that make it extremely aggressive in the in its growth as an ecosystem that supports technology and innovation. There's an enormous amount of financial capital here in New York. There's an enormous number of corporate headquarters here in New York, and there are some of the world's finest educational institutions here in New York. And those three things come together to produce both a series of opportunities and a labor pool that is really extraordinary. And so 
educators here in New York from Columbia Business School and the NYU School of Business and Cornell and the City College System are all participating in this show in part to focus on and highlight the way that their postgraduate programs can help educate and drive forward the success of the next wave of entrepreneurial achievers in this country. And so it's in part a an opportunity to showcase the value of an education received at one of these institutions. In addition, it's an opportunity to talk about what career development might look like in the tech space. So beyond simply the graduate schools and even, frankly, the undergraduate schools, there's an opportunity to connect to accelerator programs and sort of training programs like General Assembly that offers education to tech professionals looking to either recession-proof their career or pivot their career towards a more lucrative or appealing environment. You know, coming out of this recession are likely to be some of the most important companies that the next 15 or 20 years are going to experience. The last great economic disruption that we all experienced back during the Great Recession in 2008-2009 spawned some extraordinary businesses. A number of companies were launched that have really changed the way we live and do business. You know, a, a short list includes WhatsApp and Uber and Slack and Venmo and Square, and it is absolutely certain that out of this disruption, out of this climate, are going to emerge companies that will ultimately become ubiquitous, household names that own their market. Some people are saying this is the greatest wealth opportunity in a generation because there really are windows of opportunity for innovation to drive solutions forward that otherwise would not emerge. It's not easy to see where those are, and it's not easy to see yet where those blue skies are, but they're there. And the people who are going to soar into them are the innovators and the entrepreneurs and the small business owners that are working today to fix and address a problem, maybe on a shoestring, maybe on a bootstrap, maybe they're working in a garage with, you know, a bare light bulb swinging over their head, but they are there. And some of those solutions are going to be on display at this digital tech day, this tech day online, and somewhere, somehow, in some period of time, you and I will revisit this discussion and we'll say, oh, my God, it all began at Tech Day. That's where that thing was shown for the first time. That's where that service, that platform, that healthcare provider screening app, whatever it might be, there's a sort of bit of folklore in my office. When I, when I did make this acquisition from the founder of Tech Day, I you know, did my due diligence, the numbers, the sort of meat and potatoes balance sheet kind of stuff. But it was only until I actually made the acquisition and took possession of the event that I looked really deeply into some of the files on a computer somewhere. And I found a bit of video footage from an earlier tech day. So if this was back in 2000. 17, it probably was a tech day from maybe 2012, 2011, 2012, I think, that somebody in a conversation, not unlike this one, Dot, had reached out to the founder of Tech Day, Alec Hartman, and said, tell me about something interesting that you saw here at Tech Day New York. And he said, you know, I, there's a company down there that looks really cool. And, and I could see the video because this was the video footage. And he said, you know, he was holding up his cell phone and he said, you know, look, this is really cool. With that company down there, you can order a cab and you can look on your screen on your phone and you can see where it is and how close it is to picking you up. And it's, I think this really has a chance to take off and become something. And obviously that was Uber. And somewhere on this, website that we're building on this platform that we're populating now for Tech Day Online is maybe not Uber, 
but is somebody that is, is some exhibitor, some product, or some service that is going to fill a really important need for someone or some organization somewhere. And it will not be clear how we all got along without it in just a short number of years. And so, you know, my expectation is that if we were to fast forward 11 years from now, and it's now 2031, there will be a dozen names that you can slot into that list that we will say all, you know, grew up during 2020, during the pandemic. Now, I don't know if any or how many, if any, are going to be at Tech Day Online, but I promise you something will be close. Something that is revealed at this show, uncovered at this show, or debuted at this show is going to become ubiquitous and is going to become something that we all wonder why we didn't think of, why we didn't see it before, why we didn't understand that this was possible. And it'll be fun to go look for that at Tech Day. So, you know, we're excited, and at the same time, we miss getting together. We're excited by what we can do, but we're frustrated that we can't do it in person. There is no doubt that getting together online beats not doing anything, but getting together online is a, let's put it this way, my wife likes to tell me that the low-fat ice cream is every bit as good as the regular Haagen-Dazs. I don't really believe her, but I don't say no to the low-fat ice cream either. And I think this is something similar. We all miss being together, and it's good what we're doing. And it'll be better when we can come back together in person and come as a community to enjoy the sounds and the sights and the friendship and the camaraderie that comes of being in the same place at the same time. Until we get there, though, we think Tech Day Online is really the next best thing. We will get through this. We will have that metaphorical haagen does in our future. That's it. That's exactly right. And I'll make mine an extra-large milkshake. And even while missing the energy and excitement of an on-site tech day, Walter's considering the ways this year's Tech Day Online might lead to innovating future shows. We are excited about, in all sort of to talk a little more slowly, I would tell you that I feel like we are really excited about Tech Day Online. We have worked really hard to find a platform that allows us to do, there are really, I think, three fundamental things people come to trade shows and conferences for. They come for new product discovery. They come for learning, you know, expertise that they can learn from, and they come to network. They come to meet with people and connect with them, whether they're strangers that they, you know, serendipitously connect with because they're standing at the salad bar with them, or they are friends of friends, or reconnecting with people they haven't seen in a period of time. I think Tech Day Online will do really a great job of at least two out of three of those things. I think the learning we're going to offer people is world-class. I think there are there really is something for everybody in the Tech Day Talks program where there's a learning on demand, video on demand library that they can access and watch these brief 20-minute or so sessions like TED Talks that our audience can sort of look through at their convenience. I think that the AI-powered matchmaking service that we have developed or that we have brought to bear on the community will really be very helpful in terms of selecting the people and the organizations that will most likely help you in your search for whatever it is that you're looking for, because it will be tailored to your specific input and your specific interests. The product discovery part is rudimentary, I think. It's going to take some work on the part of the audience, just as it would to walk up and down the aisle of a trade show. You'll be able to select things by a product category. Everybody will be tagged and searchable so you can look for all the fintech exhibitors or all of the international exhibitors or all of the consumer app services that'll be on hand. But what we'll be missing is the buzz and hum and excitement of a crowd. And no matter how 
hard we try to replicate that digitally, I suspect that that will just be something absent. You know, as you watch, if you watch baseball games now, if you watch any sporting event, the crowd sound is pumped in. It's not organic. It's synthetic. And there's something that we miss about that organic experience of excitement that comes from a crowd and that comes from a connection between you and several thousand other people engaged in something, whether that's a concert or a sporting event or a trade show like this. So we're aware of that. And it makes, to be honest, planning for 2021 challenging. Because as soon as we feel like the green light is there, we are going to go back to face-to-face event. However, I do think that this digital platform is only going to get better. And so next year, in 2021, we're looking forward to a real sort of hybrid experience. We're looking to create very targeted, very specific digital events that serve precise communities, meaning job titles or industry verticals or geographic regions, not clear, 100% clear yet on how that's going to take shape, but that they will be targeted to meeting the needs of a community, not necessarily a large one-size-fits-all experience, but that towards the latter part of next year, when we hope that there is a real release from this lockdown that we're all living through, And when we are all healthy and well and able to reconnect with one another in a physical way, that we will be able to go back to these in-person events and find that as we move into 2022, we are able to predict more comfortably what those rhythms will look like. I don't know yet if my timing is any better than anybody else's, but we are guardedly optimistic that by the end of 21, we'll be able to come back with large-scale in-person events. By 2022, we will have figured out a way to have those alongside of digital experiences. And then in the first part of next year, we're going to find more specific, smaller, targeted, laser beam kinds of approaches to bringing communities together. Because at the end of the day, both for the social benefit and the commercial benefit, we need to be together. We need to figure out who is going to buy what we're selling. We need to figure out how to sell what it is that we want other people to buy. We want to be with people who understand our language. We want to be with people who understand what we do for a living. I can talk to my peers in the trade show industry comfortably because they are going through the same things I'm going through right now. And so entrepreneurs, startups have a need, a set of needs that are specific and We know that, and we want to find ways to help them grow and get them through this experience. And so we hope 2021 will be a bridge, and that by 22, we are on a little bit more sure and stable footing. But until we get there, we're all in it together. And as long as the community continues to stand together, I think we can do great things together. If I were to say, Walter, what's one seriously cool thing you see that's exhibiting at Tech Day Online this year that might just be, how do we ever get along without it? What would you say? Uh, Yeah, you know, the truth of the matter is I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. In other words, the exhibitors that we're working with have not populated, quote-unquote, their digital booths yet. However, what I can tell you is that the exhibitors we have are almost all conscious of the fact that the world today is very different than the world maybe that they signed up for Tech Day in, so that many of the services they provide have pivoted to realign with what is happening out there in the world. So as an example, one of the startups that we know about who is a friend of the show has kind of pivoted their service to It was a shopping app that was really designed to help you find product in a store, in a retail environment. But given the need to find socially distanced queues outside of stores now, in most cases, certainly in, I live in New York, and, you know, for those of us 
here, it's been okay to queue up outside stores because it hasn't been terribly unpleasant outside, but it's going to change soon as the winter comes along. And this app is designed to help you as a consumer know when the queues are long enough or short enough to accommodate your threshold for waiting and to help the stores manage their outside waiting experience. The more that happens in terms of pivoting us as consumers and shoppers from what we were used to to what we currently have to contend with, the more I think it's going to reveal a new age of retail, whatever that's going to look like. There are services on display that help consumers understand the social reputation or the social values of the brands that they're shopping from. And as we move into a climate where people are more and more interested in sustainability and the working, I don't know, conditions of the brand or the organization that we buy our goods and services from, there's almost a need for a reputational index, and people are at work on that. And I suspect it's not going to be too long before people feel like that's something that they never could have done without. You know, I have a 15-year-old, well, actually she turned 16 years old today, but I have a 16-year-old daughter who purchases things very differently than I do and very differently than my generation and has to do with where the goods and services originated, the working conditions of the manufacturing teams that put them together. And all of that is something she wants to know before she's willing to spend her time, money, and her reputation on buying those things. Somebody is aggregating all of that information into a single index and sharing that as part of the consumer purchasing, I don't know, structure, for lack of a better word. There are telemedicine providers in the show. There are people who are connecting consumers, screens, and privacy compliance issues. There are home gardening elements here where people are bringing together sort of home, and by home I mean even apartment-dwelling gardening experiences, we've all sort of, I guess, found other ways to, to fill time during this pandemic. Some people have decided to become bread bakers. Some people have become gardeners. And there is a, an organization that is bringing a sort of internet-connected gardening process to the table so that you can sort of punch in your coordinates and lay out a garden and you will receive back a kind of pre-planted pad that will go into a garden. You'll get regular updates based on your geography and your climate, regular updates about when to water, when to prune, when to harvest, all driven by, I think, both fire escape gardening here in New York City, maybe backyard gardening in California, and everything in between. So it, it does cover the waterfront. I think that we are going to see a lot of community and communication style products and services. How do educators connect with students? How do students stay informed? How does anybody figure out how to do this without hurting their neck? because we're all just staring at screens all day long. Hopefully all of those things, fintech services, new rounds of financing, new levels of alternative funding, the Department of Defense is actually planning to be there to discuss alternative models of funding beyond simply venture capitalists and portfolio managers. There is a need, I think, to address the frankly, the needs of underserviced, underrepresented founders. Very often, found early stage founders who are relying on friends and family to provide seed, early pre-seed rounds of funding. Very often, founders who come from underserviced and underrepresented communities don't have access to the kinds of resources that can help them get something up and off the ground. So we see in the event organizations that specialize in helping creative solutions emerge for underrepresented founders, bringing them access to the intelligence and opportunities to get things done that they may not otherwise be able to afford to do on their own.
And one of the things I think that has happened in the face of this economy is that more people are going out on their own than ever before. I think I want to say that I read this statistic recently was something like, I'm going to get this wrong if I do it off the top of my head, I'm sure, but there is a staggering number of new business license applications in the third quarter of this year compared to last year. In fact, here's what it is. The U.S. Census released uh, Q3 business information, and according to the data, business applications were up 40% compared to a year ago. That 40% growth is a consequence of what we're seeing in the economy and what we're seeing in the in the furloughs and the layoffs and the fear, I think, that's running through the economy as people try to understand how to recession-proof their livelihoods, their cash flows, their businesses. More people jump into creating a business, I think, under moments of financial stress than ever before. And when that happens, they need resources. It looks awfully easy on Shark Tank. And the truth of the matter is, of course, it's not. So we have a need to take not just a good idea, but to take a good idea to make sure that that good idea is not a hammer in search of a nail, but is actually a hammer that is, you know, poised to do good and do good work and solve a problem, then find some financing to get it up and off the ground and some resources to help guide you, mentor you as you move through those very early, very challenging stages. All those tools are available at Tech Day. We have speakers and mentors who are there to answer those kinds of questions, to share best practices and strategies for moving through those very, very early stages. And for those that have survived the early stages and have survived these last eight months of the pandemic, there is a better chance than ever that they will become extraordinarily successful because they have become rather stable and sturdy, and they need a different level of support and guidance. And so we have some organizations on hand that are there really to help provide that kind of expertise, whether that's in the form of an accelerator like Techstars or like a host of others that will be our expert dojo in Southern California that will be on hand to help match tools and resources with stage of development and needs or just mentors who are there to answer questions, we think that Tech Day offers a window of opportunity to see new products, see innovations, see a little bit around the corner economically in terms of understanding where leading experts think we are likely to be in just a short period of time, and to find tools and resources and people that will help you succeed, whether you're a founder looking to maximize your business or an individual looking to find a new opportunity, we think that there is a chance for you to discover that at Tech Day. And let me just say one more thing at the risk of making this somewhat commercial. We recognize that these are very challenging economic times. The pandemic is a threat not just to people's health and welfare, and obviously it goes without saying that the pain and suffering that has been endured by so many in this country, in fact, in this world, is not to be dismissed easily. And it is a just a, an awful time. And our hearts and sympathies go out to those that have been affected. The fear that economic uncertainty is driving into the lives of so many of our colleagues and friends and family is equally devastating, frankly, uh, or maybe not equally devastating, but is certainly devastating, can be certainly devastating. So with an eye towards that, we have created a new pricing model to attend Tech Day Online, and it is a pay-what-you-wish model. As a matter of fact, it's being launched today. And while we have a suggested price, we recognize that for some people, even that is too much of a fee to pay to join this program. So if what you can afford is nothing, you are welcome at Tech Day. If what you can afford is a little bit more, we encourage you to pay that. And there are some suggested numbers starting at $5 that we would like you to pay because it helps us keep the lights on and helps us service the needs of the greater community. But if you can't afford anything, 
and this is a community that interests you, you should visit techdayhq.com where you'll be able to register and attend for free, and you'll be able to see all of the exhibits, participate in all of our keynotes, do all of the networking, connect with as many people as you can schedule appointments with, and all of that will be available to you free of charge. Other learnings, there is a nominal fee, and so some things will cost a little bit more and be a little bit more restrictive, but not many, and frankly, not much. I think the most expensive pass we have for the three days is $175, and that covers those one-on-one tutorial roundtable conversations. But for you to connect and network with any of the thousands of people that are going to be on hand at the event can cost you as little as nothing and as much as you feel you can afford to pay. So as I say, our overarching guiding principle is to democratize access to success by providing these opportunities to connect with the kinds of people that can help you grow, giving you access to a population of innovators who are generating products and services that are future-focused and really designed to help streamline and remove friction from the way you do business today. There are international relationships to explore. You know, many of the startup founders who will be on hand are coming from abroad, some from London, some from the U.K., rather, some from Japan, some from the Czech Republic, some from Germany, and a host of other international participants will be there. So it really is an opportunity essentially to see around the corner in many different markets, all from the safety and convenience of your own home or office, and all from you know a really relatively friendly price point. So we, we hope that anybody who has anything, anything to do with or any interest in the innovative world of technology startup companies who want to understand what today's innovators are doing to drive business success initiatives, whether they want to go to work for them, simply see them, maybe sign up for them, whatever that might look like. We think there's something for everybody at Tech Day Online, November 17th through 19th. And again, the way to find it, the way to register for it is at techdayhq.com fantastic opportunity. And what's great about this is by the time this goes live, because we are pre-recording here, everything is going to be available. People can get this, pay what you can access the minute they hear this. As we wrap up here, Walter, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you and Tech Day? Oh, that's a question I have not thought about. I suppose if I could think about one thing, it would be, I think it would be to think about all of those issues, about creativity, about innovation, and about entrepreneurship, with a sense of clear-eyed fear. Not the kind of fear that paralyzes you or leads you to curl into a fetal tuck under your desk, as I said I felt at the beginning of this pandemic experience, but the clear-eyed fear that comes from understanding that what you're doing is risky. There is nothing you can do that is different than what you've ever done before that is not risky. There is risk inherent in all of these behaviors. There's risk inherent in being an entrepreneur, in going to work for a new organization, in making a career change, in discovering a new service that you want to adapt as you jettison the old service. If you move from Coke to Pepsi or from you know, 7-Up to Sprite, there is a risk involved, right? It sounds silly when you frame it in terms of soda, but when you frame it in terms of your career or the products you deploy at your office or in your organization or the funding that you search for or the pitch deck that you produce or the pitch you give and present to a potential funder, there's risk involved, whether that's a risk to your self-esteem or a risk to your your own financial resources, maybe maybe something more profound than that. But owning up to that risk and recognizing that they're sort of opening up to that fear and recognizing that there are people and resources and 
organizations to help you through it to the other side, I think is extremely liberating. And recognizing that comes with that fear the opportunity to succeed and grow and develop new relationships, new partnerships, new mentorships, new you know ways of doing business that are more effective and fruitful and productive and, in fact, profitable than ever before. That's what sits on the other side of that fear. So if I were to sort of want people to take one thing away, it would be to stand open to that fear and know that it's there. Don't pretend that it's not. Don't pretend that it's, there's something wrong with you for feeling it. Know that it's there and let it just sit on the side of you as you work towards some better outcome, some better resolution to whatever you're striving for, whether that's a new job, a new investment opportunity, a new product, a new career, a new something, fill in the blank. So I suppose that's that's it. And to recognize that there is a seat for anybody at the table. We are working hard to make this a, as I say, a democratized experience and that there is room for participation wherever you're coming from. You may feel like you missed the boat because you're in your mid-30s or 40s or, in my case, 50s, and it's a little late to be doing X. It's really not. I admit it's too late for me to be shortstop for the Yankees, I think, although that would really still be my first choice. But it's not too late to discover new things, to learn new ways of doing business, to find new products, new opportunities, new relationships, new businesses. All of that is available, and all it takes is one good idea, one good relationship, one good discovery to more than make the time you spend at an event like Tech Day Online to more than make that worthwhile. With so much happening at an event like this, if all you need to do is come away with one needle in the haystack to make it an experience that proved beneficial to you, I would submit that everybody stands to gain by being there because there are so many needles in this haystack to pull out. And whether you're interested in just learning in a passive way from a leading expert at Amazon Web Services or Techstars, or if you want to have a one-to-one mentor relationship with someone from a financial services organization, if you want to meet somebody from Andreessen Horowitz, you can ask for the meeting at Tech Day. You may not get it, but you can ask for it. Or maybe you will get it. And maybe what you have is exactly what they need to help fill their pipeline. The bottom line is there are windows of opportunity to succeed, and it doesn't take a lot to feel that success. And from that success grows encouragement and enthusiasm and some sort of traction that drives, I think, the good outcomes that we're all looking to have emerge as a culture, as an economy, and as a country as we struggle our way through this you know, terrible situation that we're in. So I suppose that's what I would want, is for everybody to recognize that the fear is fine, but don't let it cripple you. Let it be something you recognize that sort of sits there next to you and find the one good idea, the one good product, the one good relationship, the one new discovery that can help you move forward in whatever it is that you're looking to do. And use that as a platform from which you develop further growth and further success. Walter, thank you for your time today. You're very welcome. I hope I have three children, and they often tell me that I talk too much. So if anything, I have taken advantage of this open mic a little bit more than I should have, and I just talk and talk and talk. But I really appreciate your listening. You and I have been listening to Walter Charnazan, owner and president of Continental Exhibitions and president of Tech Day HQ. Tech Day Online starts at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Tuesday, November 17th, and runs through Thursday, November 19th. As Walter mentioned, the show includes 24-hour on-demand access to the exhibit hall, pitch stages, and AI-powered matchmaking and networking, and there's a pay-what-you-wish model for the Expo and Networking Pass. Find out more at techdayhq.com. That's techdayhq.com.
And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.